Welcome to this episode of the AfriNew podcast. On this podcast, we show the African view to nuclear technology. And today we have a seasoned nuclear professional who is working as a director of international cooperation at the Nigeria Atomic Energy Commission. So today we are going to get interesting views on our local contribution and also international uh, participation on different aspects of nuclear technology. So listen up as we get a very interesting and scintillating view. I've known um, Engineer Awal as somebody who is a very strong proponent of international cooperation for national development and nuclear technology um, policy uh, as a national on the national front. So um, Engineer Awal, welcome to this podcast. And I would like to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jerry, and uh, other participants that have joined uh, online. Uh, first, I would like to express my you know, appreciation for the opportunity to uh, be part of this uh, engagement. Uh, and I'm sure it will help uh, not only uh, in Nigeria, but uh, global uh, advocacy for the injection of nuclear in our various uh, spheres and activities. Um, you know, nuclear is a very misunderstood uh, technology, even by the elites. So an opportunity and a platform of this nature, I'm sure, will go a long way uh, towards uh, creating that needed awareness and understanding of uh, uh, nuclear and uh, the benefits that are there that we can get uh, as global community. Uh, my name is Engineer Awal Utella, as you rightly mentioned. Uh, I'm a deputy director, uh, not a director, in the Nigeria Atomic Energy Commission, where I head the International Cooperation and License uh, Department. Uh, in the same regard, I also function as a member of the steering committee uh, of the International Framework for Nuclear Energy Cooperation, IFNEC. And also, I function as the Africa Liaison uh, for the International Network of Emerging Nuclear Specialists. Uh, and of course, I play different roles and uh, different activities in different uh, spheres. Uh, for the IAEA, I'm the IAEA National Liaison Assistant for Nigeria. Uh, so essentially, these are some of the activities uh, I do, and this is who I am within the context of my work and uh, public uh, service. But the Thank views you. I'm going to uh, the views I'm going to be expressing in the course of our uh, engagement is not going to be the views of any of these institutions I've mentioned. Quite understood. Uh, rather, my <laughs> yeah, yeah, opinion yeah. On and activities and the way I see them from my own personal perspective. Thank you very much, Jerry. You're highly welcome. And um, I want to add that um, you have been a very um, strong proponent of um, um, international engagements that um, we as a nation need to cooperate with the international organizations or agencies for us to actually get some level of trust and buy-in. And I want to appreciate you for the great efforts I've 
on several occasions come to you to um, intervene on some um, issues that involve some international organizations, but that's by the way. Um, in addition or in furtherance to the conversation today about some uh, uh, international cooperation, what role has the international cooperation played in Nigeria's nuclear energy program? It's, it seems like a big thing. Uh, we're wanting to embark on nuclear energy program. And um, what's, why do we have to cooperate with the international body for this to happen or for our program or for our policy in any case? Uh, all right. Thank you very much for that uh, question or comment. Uh, the deployment of nuclear science and technology generally uh, cannot be done in isolation. What I mean in isolation, especially for uh, an emerging country like Nigeria uh, or a developing country like Nigeria or a newcomer country like Nigeria and, of course, most uh, other African countries uh, because the technology is simple but complex. Uh, but it has evolved and developed in most other uh, nations, especially those nations that have been in the uh, nuclear space for several years. So they've been able to garner uh, quite a lot of experience uh, that instead of reinventing the wheel, uh, you partner with such institutions through multilateral arrangements, or you partner with a number of countries that are well established in the nuclear sector through bilateral arrangements. That will make it easier for you to deploy nuclear. Again, nuclear, as I've said earlier, is, is a misunderstood uh, technology, even by those that you may choose to call uh, educated people. It may be because of some other uh, reasons, but essentially the focus has always been concerns around security and safety, especially because of the uh, ionizing radiation involved in nuclear. So most people are skeptical about the nuclear technology, especially again because of the people have heard about uh, possibly Hiroshima and Nagasaki, uh, subsequently uh, the happenings around Chernobyl 1986, happenings around Three Mile Island, uh, happenings uh, even in the Fukushima Daiki accident in Japan. So a lot of members of the global community have uh, been concerned because of some of those uh, issues. So when you are going, when you are deploying nuclear, and again, the, the, the accident and incidences of nuclear are not restricted to uh, the countries where these accidents or incidences happen. They are transborder in nature. So other communities, other countries around you are interested in knowing how you are going about your nuclear program, particularly because of their own safety and security. So it is important that you leverage on the global experience and exposure in terms of security of nuclear resources, in terms of safety of the deployment of nuclear technology, in terms of good understanding of the various uh, components of the science of nuclear. So you need to partner with other players that are proven to be well established so that, as I've said, you don't want to reinvent the wheel uh, and then you also do it right and give assurance, not only to your country or uh, your population, 
or to the global community that you are actually intending to do it right and your nuclear technology is open because you are involving other international partners that have proven themselves. You are also involving other countries that are doing it already, generating electricity from nuclear, deploying nuclear for some other uh, socioeconomic benefits. Yes. Yeah, so um, uh, it's quite um, obvious that um, Nigeria has done quite a lot in international partnerships, both in human capacity development, like um, I can also say that I'm one of those who have benefited from those international partnerships by being like um, engaged in some international um, trainings and stuff like that. So uh, Nigeria has uh, quite done a lot in that regard, but I kind of wonder, um, has there been any record of um, localization? I don't know if you get that word, where we have been able to localize some lessons we learned from those international cooperations or lessons. Because if we learn, if we get from Japan, I remember I was in Gombe State when the Fukushima accident happened. I was just passing by from um, uh, going to Meduguri in Gombe State. I was in my friend's place and there was a news flash from BBC in his house. And um, lo and behold, it was the Fukushima accident happening. And then he was looking at me. Oh, man, look at what is happening. You want to come and do this thing for us in, in Nigeria? And I, I was like, okay, yeah, this is just one-off, you know. People die severally from other forms of accidents without complaining about it. And that's one of the reasons why this podcast exists, to educate and enlighten people on the, um, the different areas and uh, fronts of nuclear technology, safety and security, as the case may be. So my question comes to you now. Is there any way we have been able to localize um, these lessons we have learned from the international um, organization? Like, uh, have you been able to like make it local in any form, maybe in terms of um, maybe adopting how they are doing their things, maybe policy um, development or any kind of um, way we have been able to localize something we learned from the international um, organization? Engineer. Yes, uh, uh, thank you very much. Um, I, I think we have done quite a lot uh, in terms of uh, localizing or domesticating. Yeah, domesticating. Yes. We have quite, we have done a lot. Uh, we have developed expertise, experience, and knowledge in the various aspects uh, of the nuclear space. Uh, you know, we have an operational uh, research reactor uh, at the center yes. research and training yeah. area that has yes. Yes. been in operation for several years without yeah. any issue. Yeah. And I tell you that that's uh, an important aspect of uh, localization or domestication of the technology. We are not changing the technology, but we, we are developing the expertise and experience within the uh, Nigerian space. Uh, and I can tell you, with that oper the successful operation of the research reactor, we are more like uh, a regional leader uh, in terms of understanding the, the concept and uh, technology of uh, nuclear using uh, uh, research reactor uh, concept. So uh, we have our experts, even though, yes, uh, brain drain, most of the experts, uh, especially those that have been trained several years back, most of them uh, at a point had to leave the country with the exception of the few dedicated ones that we still have who are still helping us 
to to develop, continue to develop the sector, to continue to contribute uh, uh, to the sector. So we, we've done quite a lot. We've worked with the IAEA. We've worked with uh, the IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency, has also helped in training a lot of Nigerians who uh, are back home and helping in spreading the knowledge acquired, particularly in the area of uh, best practices, how we can do it well, how we can do it within the context of Nigeria as a country, uh, and how we can get it right, if I may, may, may use the word. So we, we have quite a lot of people that have been trained. They have put the technology from the context of Nigeria. Just like you mentioned, you yeah. were one that have also received uh, some of these uh, training uh, programs and have had these uh, opportunities. Uh, you are back, you. you are still in the country, yeah. within the context that you understand. Uh, yeah. This uh, podcast, this Zoom engagement, for me, it's also uh, a platform for uh, localizing and getting our local people, so to say, yeah. to understand what is happening, where we are, what we are doing, yeah. Yeah. what safety concerns are there, how we are working to address those safety concerns within the context of Nigeria's uh, needs and uh, social economic development. So in a yeah. way, we, we are doing a lot and uh, uh, a lot is happening in the area of uh, uh, domestication, yeah. particularly convention treaties because there are global treaties there are global conventions yeah uh, we have looked at some of these conventions that can fit into what we need and there are conventions that we must part of and some we have made attempts uh the illegal experts can tell you on how to get these uh instruments domesticated to fit what we need as a nation so okay. a lot is being done in all right that's that's very impressive and um i i kind of um, was in Zaria some few months ago and I see how they have been able to safely operate and to include diversity and into the uh, workforce. I was very impressed when I saw a female reactor operator at the Zaria Reactor uh, Center. And that tells me that we are not just resting on our oars, we are not continuing the way we know as a patriarchal um, uh, society. So, uh, yeah, it gives me confidence that um, when we have this nuclear power plant working, we we will be able to um, measure up uh, with the international um, best practices, uh, courtesy of what your directorate is doing. So, I have heard about the CTBTO and um, and its activities in Nigeria and nuclear security programs. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Okay. Um... CTBTO is actually uh, an organization, Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty Organization. Uh, it was actually established to ban all nuclear explosion tests. There are there are three components to what we call uh, Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, the NPT. We have one aspect, disarmament, Disarmament entails uh, those countries that have nuclear weapons in existence should, uh, to an extent, reduce or even eliminate. I think that's the focus. Then we have non-proliferation. Those countries that do not have uh, should also not consider deploying uh, nuclear science and technology for military uh, purposes. And of course, uh, one aspect which is important and very dear to my heart is the peaceful uses aspect. How do we, 
as countries utilize nuclear science and technology for the benefits of our country. Now, the CTBTO was established to ensure that there's a total ban on nuclear testing because you cannot develop nuclear weapons. And we kept saying we really do not need these nuclear weapons. So you cannot continue to develop nuclear weapons globally. And that's why one of the measures put in place is the CTBT, which is the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. Now, the treaty essentially bans all nuclear explosion tests and then constrain further development of existing nuclear weapons. So in a way, we're trying to reduce the number of nuclear weapons that we have by placing some constraints uh, to further development of nuclear weapons so that the global community can be made secured and then, of course, at peace. Uh, but as I've said earlier, this is another component of deployment of nuclear technology, which, of course, Nigeria uh, has always been a player to ensure that uh, the CTBT is an instrument. Nigeria has already signed and ratified the CTBT. Uh, and the entire African continent, as you know, is a nuclear weapons-free uh, zone, courtesy of the Pelindaba Treaty. Uh, so there may not be much concerns in that area, but as part of the global uh, uh, playing ground, we should also be seen to be involved in promoting the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty so that other nations that have nuclear weapons will not continue to develop these weapons so that other countries that do not have nuclear weapons do not even think of going that way because of the CTBT, even though it is yet to enter into force, but it is still contributing globally to the reduction of uh, uh, nuclear weapons tests and then uh, the existence of even nuclear weapons. So essentially, right. that's the, 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 the CTB2. And we have a national data center in Nigeria where we also oh. monitor... Yes, we have a national data center for the CTB2 in Nigeria where we cool. also events around, uh, around uh, Nigeria and even beyond. Because you need to understand what your neighbors are doing. Uh, somebody can come to you and then give impression that he's conducting uh, a certain test uh, or certain activities. Meanwhile, it may be nuclear. So if you don't have the capacity to distinguish the signatures of nuclear weapons and some other tests, then it will be difficult. And that's why we have a center, we have analysts that uh, continually study events around Africa and even around the globe uh, to know what is happening, where we are in terms of nuclear weapons uh, uh, test. So uh, Nigeria is a major player uh, in the CTBT uh, family, and Nigeria is also uh, an advocate of uh, ensuring that uh, uh, the ban uh, on nuclear weapons test subsists and the CTBT enters into force uh, within the shortest uh, possible time. Thank you. Perfect. And this is to uh, those who are listening to us. This is AfriNuke Podcast, and we have engineer Awal Bisala, the, um, the Director of International Cooperation at the Nigeria Atom Atomic um, Energy Commission. He's a Deputy di uh, Director in that uh, directorate. And we have been talking about different aspects of uh, cooperation that um, has existed uh, and how we have been able to um, liaise with the international community. And um, at this point... I am having a co-host, um, Nneka Geraldine, 
who will take the next stage and and uh, yeah get some views from you know he's full of knowledge and there are different views i might be able to uh, not i might not be able to capture all the views that um, people might have and so i i welcome geraldine to take on the um next part of the discussion geraldine Good morning, Engineer Awal. It's a pleasure to have you here. Good morning, everyone uh, joined us on this podcast. Um, I am really uh, happy when I heard you talk about um, the data center we have in Nigeria. This is my first time hearing that. And it gladdens my heart that we have uh, such facility that is able to, to monitor uh, the, the the nuclear activities of our neighbor. This is a this is an area of uh, nuclear with the nuclear forensic, which I have picked interest lately, and I am happy to know that Nigeria is uh, making progress in this direction. I want to believe that this can also be as a result of international cooperation and partnership. So talking about technology and knowledge transfer. How has international cooperation and partnership benefited Nigeria? Engineer. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Geraldine. I think I've mentioned uh, this, uh, how the international cooperation and partnership uh, has continued to help us, particularly uh, we're talking of nuclear. Uh, I just mentioned that uh, we have a national data center equipped with uh, uh, that has been provided by the European uh, Union through the oh. city as an organization. Okay. Uh, it's already. We have the global communications uh, infrastructure added at the center, wow. uh, uh, which has even been upgraded to DCI uh, 3. Now, this uh, infrastructure is to enable us tap from the uh, international monitoring system data of the CTBTO uh, in the various uh, areas, uh, technologies that the CTBTO uh, utilizes. We have the uh, various verification technologies that is used in the that are used in the CTBTO system. We have the hydroacoustic, which are events that happen underwater. We have seismic, we have infrasound, and then we have radionuclide. These are four verification technologies. And we have Nigerians that have developed expertise. They have been trained within the framework of our cooperation with the CTBTO. That have been trained to understand when you carry out any event underwater, they can pick and analyze and know what that event is. We have those that have been trained to carry out tests when you carry out any event on land, uh, the seismic uh, monitoring stations, uh, the infrasound stations, the radionuclear stations, acoustic stations are in total about 337 uh, globally and spread yeah, across the globe. They signals of not only nuclear weapons test activity, but other major activities uh, like uh, mining activity. So it, it helps not only in terms of nuclear weapons. We have found out that you can actually deploy this Technologies, the, the radionuclide, uh, infrasound, seismic, hydroacoustic technologies to also utilize it for other civil applications to determine, for instance, you want to determine if there are 
uh, illegal mining activities. Illegal mining activities, even legal mining activities, uh, come with events, with signals that are generated. So you should be able to pick the CTV system will be able to pick this signal and you tap from this uh, signals that have been picked and sent as data uh, to the international monitoring system of the CTV carry out your analysis and then determine what events have been uh, taking place, essentially. So we have found out that we can, there is no single organization globally, I can say that and you can quote me, that has the kind of data in this verification technologies like the, the CTBTO as a system. So Nigeria is a member, Nigeria has signed, Nigeria has ratified, and Nigeria has continued to support the CTBTO activities in uh, the African continent. So these are some of the benefits uh, we get. You look at the framework of the IEA. We, we have, even though, yes, we pay uh, our assets contribution, national participation costs, technical cooperation, and some other costs associated with our membership, we also benefit in terms of nuclear science and technology applications. The international partnership has given us opportunities to train our people day in, day out. I'm sure Jeremiah uh, can attest to uh, that. A lot of people go for training almost on a daily or even weekly basis, different parts of the globe to acquire knowledge on uh, how best to utilize nuclear for socioeconomic benefits of our country. There are short-term training programs, there are uh, medium-term, there are long-term uh, training programs. Some are fellowships, some are normal one, two weeks training, some are uh, scientific visits. And of course, there is also procurement of high-end equipment that we get, just like I mentioned, the National Data Center, where we have the commercial building system. We also have equipment and systems that have been provided within the framework of our work with the IEA. Uh, some to our hospitals, some to our uh, research reactor center, tandem accelerator center, nuclear technology center, different uh, places for research and development purposes, which will translate to socioeconomic development. So Nigeria is hugely benefiting. And when you look at it from the bilateral uh, point of view, where we also partner with other countries that are well established in the nuclear sector, for instance, our partnership with uh, China, our partnership with the Russian Federation, with the U.S., and with uh, South Korea, and some other countries have opened up those for us to send our people for training long time and, of course, medium time. So we, we have these uh, benefits that we get through some of these partnerships that we do, which ordinarily we may not be able to get. Okay, thank you very much, Chair Engineer. I, I am I am so glad to hear how much progress Nigeria has made and uh, how much partnership and cooperation we have benefited from. So uh, in terms of public-private partnership that involves local uh, companies within Nigeria and uh, by in Africa how much uh, how much progress has the NIEG which you work with how much progress have they made with this regards just like uh, I mentioned from the onset that the views I'm going to be expressing are purely my personal views which I've seen I've acquired over time uh, they are not the official position of NAEC, of course. Uh, so I just wanted to emphasize because you mentioned I work with NAEC. Okay, okay. <laughs> very well noted, very well noted. Yeah. 
we have actually uh, not as night, but even as, as a country, um, we have involved a number of private entities in terms of understanding what we do, because eventually, uh, particularly for the nuclear power plant development, really you still have to get some of these manufacturers because it's not every time that you you go out of the you go offshore to acquire equipment equipment that ordinarily you can uh, utilize in Nigeria. Of course, when you want to build a nuclear power plant, you, you know you require a serious concrete work. So of course you need the kind of cement we have in Nigeria adequate enough to support our nuclear power plant infrastructure. If it is not, how can you engage the manufacturers, producers of cement, for instance? Uh, how can you discuss with them so that you give them your kind of specifications, what you think you need? This may not come from the government side. You need to engage the, the private sector so that they understand up in issue what you will need when it comes to nuclear power plant development. Now, you also will need uh, roads, for instance, uh, iron roads. Do you have the kind of road that will be required in the construction of nuclear power plant? If you have, if it, is it something that you can import? Instead of importing, will you advise government to import or will you advise government to engage local private uh, producers and manufacturers yeah. so that yeah. they understand the specifications of what will be needed? And they are also prepared. As you get to that point, that bridge, they are already aware and ready to support the nuclear power infrastructure development. Uh, because the, the major constraint, I can tell you, to the deployment of nuclear power for most African countries is, apart from the safety concerns, is the huge cost associated with nuclear power. So people want as much as possible to reduce cost but while ensuring quality. So that's why you need uh, local private entities to also be involved in what you are doing so that they know exactly what you are doing, so that when it is time for them to now be involved and provide whatever that is needed, they are ready. So for us as uh, emerging countries, newcomer countries, the involvement is still limited, but gradually we are engaging them, but it's still limited. Okay. Even in countries, the involvement of private sector in the nuclear space is also limited, because just as you know, the... the, the Terrain of nuclear is it's uh, an area where government is in, is interested because of Very safety well. of authority uh, concern. So yeah. uh, even in those developed uh, nations where they have nuclear power plants, uh, I can cite examples even with the US. US is still even though the private sector is hugely uh, involved, but there are certain components that are still uh, yeah. the of, uh, uh, of government. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, engineer. Um, we know that when it comes to partnership, both local and uh, international, there are challenges, just, just like in every other area of life. What are these common challenges that comes with partnership, both international and, and local? And what are the strategies put in place to overcome them? Well, you, you you have said there are challenges, and uh, yes, it's true. There are challenges when you want to partner with, uh, uh, because there are two frameworks for partnerships. One can be bilateral, and then, of course, the other one can be 
multilateral. So there are, there are defined roles and responsibilities. Uh, you can cite an example. I just mentioned CTPTO. We talked about CTPTO. IEA is there. APFRA, even though it's still within the framework of the IEA, is also a separate entity. INIS is also an activity under the IEA, but it's also an entity uh, on its own. A partnership with, for instance, China, for instance, uh, Russia, US, a lot of other countries that are in the nuclear sector. Now, there are different roles and responsibilities that I've said. In our partnership with the CTBTO, we, we pay what is called uh, assets contribution. And for your partnership to be effective, you also need to be paying that assets contribution. Sometimes, because of the enormous amount of money involved, uh, there are delays in, in payment, and then that also affects some elements of the partnership. And, and I consider this as a major uh, challenge. Now, for the IEA, we also have different components. Like, uh, if IEA is supporting, for instance, Geraldine, uh, okay. <laughs> for a training in nuclear engineering uh, uh, within the framework of uh, a program or a project that we are doing. I expect certain components of the cost of training within that project that she's going for training on that. And I also expect that for the commencement of the training, there's what we call national participation cost, that Nigeria should pay the minimum amount for that project to commence. Now, if you don't pay or you have delays, because there are payments that we make, which ordinarily the budget of an organization like NAI cannot handle. Mm. So you need to go extra mile, engage government to understand elements that are very important. We need to pay this so that we can continue with this. We need to pay that. And uh, yes, government is uh, responsible enough, is looking at uh, some of these issues. But sometimes, you know, we all know the system, it gets delayed. And then uh, before you know it, it's affecting the, the partnership. And of course, you also have bilateral. Sometimes you have your role that you're supposed to play within maybe a period of time. Okay, we're going to write, we have an MOU which will work around. We'll, we'll do this in the next uh, one month. And because of the procedure, bottlenecks here and there, uh, there are certain decisions you cannot take from God. Sometimes you can send to maybe Geraldine's office uh, before she gets across to Jeremiah. It takes uh, uh, weeks. And before Jeremiah can uh, work on it and revert back to Geraldine, it takes another, you know, and then the partner is beginning to ask, uh, why should it take this long? So we have our procedural issues. But I think some of these things are... are have been overcome somehow. Uh, we're looking at getting some of these uh, bottlenecks uh, removed in a way that our partnership with other nations uh, will be taken serious. Because whatever you do, you also need to own up to your own part of the agreement and uh, position. So even if it's uh, in terms of payment of what you are supposed to pay, in terms of payment of government. So these are some of the challenges. But as I've said, uh, gradually, we are overcoming some of these uh, some of these challenges and uh, issues. That's that's um, interesting. Like I mentioned earlier, challenges is is just part of life, and the the the, the fun of it is overcoming these 
challenges. It's also good to know that we have strategies already put in place for effectively overcoming these challenges. Um, please, participants, if you have your questions uh, for engineer hour, you can put it down on the comment section so that when it is time for questioning, it will be very easier to 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 ask the, to direct the questions at him, and we won't have uh, clashes of everybody trying to speak at a time. So just put down your questions in the comment section, and when it is time, engineer will do justice to them. So over to you, Jerry. Okay, thank you very much, um, engineer. You have been giving us back to back large doses, I would say, of um, relevant information that um, we have to employ the ALARA principle so that we don't get um, uh, irradiated beyond measure. So you have done justice to most of the things that concerns international cooperation, but there's an aspect that always comes to, to be like a challenge when a project like a nuclear power plant development is being done. I remember like in Kenya, there was a kind of um, push to opposing nuclear uh, reactor or nuclear power plant developments. But on another front, uh, the prime minister came up to actively make his position known in support of the nuclear power development. And this brings me to the point of the public engagement. It brings me to ask you about what are the kind of importance of public engagement in building trust among Nigerian citizens for a successful nuclear development in Nigeria. We are doing our bit as a community, the Nigerian young generation in nuclear. We have engaged in some activities, but there is just little we can do or that much we can do without the government taking it up and saying, okay, yes, all these people are doing is what we are supposed to do or support much more than we have been doing. And then give a more national position. We see Ghana, uh, their president going to make a very strong statement. I am not in any way making you, pushing you to make um, a statement um, in place of Nayek, but I just wanted to get your view from uh, this vantage point about the importance of public engagement in building trust. Can you tell us a little bit about this and maybe elaborate as you deem fit? Public acceptance is very critical and very important for any nuclear technology. Uh, I tried to explain about these two components, the power and non-power. The, the, the non-power application, like the use of nuclear in agriculture, in water resources, and importantly in the health sector for the management of uh, cancer, uh, which we are all aware. Most public uh, members of the communities and the public, most of them do not understand. When you talk of nuclear, uh, they do not understand that some of these activities in the area of uh, human health having nuclear components. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they are not too bothered when you tell them to go for, uh, for instance, radiotherapy, to utilize yeah. nuclear facilities. They are not bothered even for those that are against nuclear, it is when it gets too deep that they understand that this is actually one area where nuclear has application. And it's helping in saving lives, it's helping in uh, making life more meaningful uh, in terms of addressing uh, various uh, ailments and health challenges, not only cancer cases, even nutritional issues and the rest. Now, talking about 
nuclear power. Most countries, I've seen some countries, uh, I've read in the media of some countries trying to abandon uh, nuclear power uh, projects. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, of course, I don't want to be to start mentioning. No, 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 no qualms. <laughs> Between the two of us, or all of us here participating, yeah. we've seen sometimes the development of the technology will slow down uh, a little bit, but at a point it will shoot up and then continue to move because people have realized that you cannot do away with nuclear. That nuclear is important. Is nuclear to global. Uh, energy security. It's important to national energy security, at least for most of those countries that are using nuclear. They know that it's not something that they can afford to, to do away with. So yeah. we, we, we need to, to involve and engage our people. People need to understand because you can also not get it very right. I want to cite an example with a nuclear project that started, nuclear power project that started in a country. And even yeah. got got as far as to the last lap of it and then there was a referendum and then unfortunately those against won that yeah. part of the energy <laughs> that's how huge amount of money resources committed was uh, i don't want to say waste but if, uh, if it were in a country like uh, a small african country that will affect seriously the economic of uh, the economy of that country uh, you need greater engagement so that you don't get to that level and then you're having challenges with civil society organizations, you're having challenges with uh, even some uh, people that you may consider very, very educated in the area of science and technology. So greater engagement is important. Public, when I say public, I'm not only talking of uh, the, the general population, but even the executives need to be involved. The parliamentarians need to understand because sometimes you have a lofty idea that will help in economic development, but because the people that are supposed to approve, the people that are supposed to look at these documents and then say, okay, yes, are, are not in tandem with what you are doing, do not fully understand the elements uh, of some of these things, and that you find it difficult to even get the money you need to deploy uh, some of those activities you want to deploy. But when you have good engagement, uh, you have... Uh, good public uh, advocacy, people understand, you meet the parliamentarians, that's the legislators, you explain to them, and they also see examples on how this technology is benefiting other countries and why Nigeria cannot afford to uh, be on the fence. I'm sure it will make it easy. Uh, yeah. the, the current technology, the conventional nuclear power plant, of course, yeah. we know they are pretty expensive, yeah. uh, but the small modular reactor and other micro reactors uh, technology are still evolving. Few, very few, one, two, three, have been deployed for commercial purposes. Some others have deployed for use on icebreakers. And uh, but still, the small modular reactor technology is still evolving. The regulations for it is also still developing. So sure. I'm sure that's a personal opinion. I'm sure. When it's well developed and uh, fully in place, uh, it will also offer uh, some leeway for some countries uh, yeah. because of the enormous amount of money involved in the conventional reactors. Maybe yeah. that will also, uh, my opinion again, that may be a game changer uh, within the yeah. nuclear space. So greater engagement of the people is important for public acceptance because the public must accept 
Uh, if not, you are going to have a lot of challenges. And public, you cannot accept what you don't understand. And you can only understand when people ex- people who, want, who understand explain to you. So now that we have experts, people like you that are creating these platforms, the young generation are engaging those who do not understand to understand that, come, this is what we can get from nuclear if we do it right. And these are the benefits. This is what it will translate to. Your source of your, the power generation will be enhanced. The, the cost of uh, power per unit will be reduced significantly. Uh, most companies have folded up because of power. And you can, of course, give the indication that with the injection of nuclear power, a lot of companies will uh, return back. Uh, but they will have cheaper uh, source of power and then they'll pay uh, uh, low power tariffs and some other related activities. So it's important that we engage uh, everybody. Okay, so um, thank you very much. This is the second to the last um, question no. I, I will be giving to you. I know you've already, um, I need, no. need you to just be giving silent kudos to Engineer Awal because he, had, he has been just altogether very amazing. So uh, in a way of winding down, I had an encounter somehow with, um, as, uh, w- while I was doing my research outside. So this guy, like I chose a topic which was uh, related to decommissioning, you know, decommissioning a nuclear power plant, you get. So the guy was surprised. You are from a country that have not got one. Why are you doing a research in decommissioning? And that was personal to me anyway. But it, it was a very good question he asked, kind of. We should be more focused on what should bring us um, the nuclear power plants and what is involved uh, around it. But the point I'm driving at is this. Nigeria as a country is so much involved in nuclear security and proliferation and all that. And from my view about nuclear security culture, safety culture, it tends to be a little bit averse to uh, deploying nuclear power plants as a whole. So this gives me some level of concern. The amount of money that is being pumped into nuclear security is a little bit um, hampering the growth of uh, nuclear power plant development uh, somehow. I kind of have that feeling and it goes to to the level of even involving a parliament because there was one organization that we were like trying to have some um, partnership with and it came out that the parliamentarians who were like involved in this organization have already been adept with the knowledge that developing a nuclear power plant exposes us the more to nuclear security threats, exposes us the more to proliferation, and therefore we will not want to be more exposed to these threats by not. So it's very clear that because of the nuclear security involvement and the so much um, attention that is paid to it, we're a little bit more slow to develop it. I don't know if I'm right, but I would like you to like, before you give us um, more information about an accent um, nuclear industry, I'd like you to like maybe paint a picture of how you want this delicate balance to be stricken between nuclear security and nuclear power plant development so that one does not hamper. Because I want to see this nuclear power plant operating in my lifetime, you know. Uh, you know, some, some people might want to say, oh, I don't think we have a national, like our country, we are not ready. But... We will do our bit as um, a community, and I am not doing it alone. 
as the community and the young people in nuclear and those interested in the progress it brings. We want to see this thing happening. So I would want you like to give us your view on how we should strike a balance between nuclear security on the international front and our own local nuclear power plant development. I know these are important, but how do we balance it, sir? Well, um, it's a very difficult question. When you were talking about this, I recalled the nuclear security summits that took place, uh, which were coordinated by the United States during Obama administration. And I could also recall that Nigeria was invited to all the four uh, nuclear security summits. Uh, one, because of the strategic position of Nigeria in Africa, and then two, because Nigeria, uh, not only position, position in terms of population, but Nigeria is also an important uh, player and partner of the United States. So Nigeria was invited to uh, the nuclear security summits. There was one that took place in 2012 in South Korea, in Seoul. And uh, I think President uh, Goodluck Abele Jonathan then attended uh, as one of the guests. And then in that uh, meeting, there was, uh, uh, I think, discussions around Nigeria establishing a national nuclear security center, uh, which eventually was established. Uh, and then I think it was established 2013 or uh, 14, thereabout. And then the coordination was with, uh, I can see Christabel, the coordination was with uh, um, uh, the Nigerian Nuclear Regulatory Authority with uh, other members of the coordinating team, the National Security Advisors Office, uh, NAEC, uh, and uh, some other entities. Uh, what, what I'm trying to drive at is to let you know that global community is more interested when it comes to safety and security, is more interested in ensuring uh, security of the global community. If you establish a nuclear power plant, uh, that's for your own benefit. But if there are nuclear security challenges in your country, then that also affects your neighbors and other uh, countries across the globe. So, of course, you should expect that naturally uh, other countries will be interested in what you are doing because of the concern for security and safety. But if you decide not to have a nuclear power plant in your country, that's your decision. The, the only way it will hamper uh, some other countries is in terms of the, the uh, that they will get. When they bring nuclear power plant technology, of course, you have to pay and components, you have to pay for uh, the construction, a lot of other things you pay, uh, which the vendor will benefit. But if it is nuclear security, then it will affect the global community. And that's why the global community is deeply interested in knowing exactly what is happening within the context of nuclear security in all countries around the globe. If you observed during the conversion of our uh, fuel at the uh, research reactor in Zaria. Nigeria was supported yeah. hugely by by a number of countries, 
because of their interest. Uh, of course, because of their interest and because they want to support Nigeria to ensure that uh, that security architecture is well built and then uh, finalized. And eventually, we're able to do it successfully and return the high and reach the, back to the country of origin. Uh, so what I'm trying to really give you is an insight into the interest of the global community yeah. of security. And that's why uh, uh, it's been promoted across the globe. Some developed nations have some other uh, alternatives to some of these technologies that we use for our benefit. But when it comes to nuclear security, it will affect not only your country. You should expect that countries will be interested. And that's why I said earlier, U.S. during Obama time organized nuclear security summit just for nuclear security. I'm, I'm mm. sure you are aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nuclear security summit just for nuclear security, not for nuclear power plant development. If you want to develop nuclear power plant, that's your, your issue. You know what you need. If you don't need it, okay, don't... Sure. don't uh, but for nuclear security, if you use nuclear resources in your country, the global community is interested in how you are able to secure this sure. uh, resource, nuclear uh, resources that you have. The okay. idea is... So I, I don't know how to balance. I think it's going to be... Yeah, it's a, it's a delicate one. It's it's kind of delicate. And and um, thank you so much for uh, such a very insightful input. This is really showing that um, our nuclear community, though accent is growing and we are getting to the level that we ought to be in due time. So what are your hopes uh, for our accent um, nuclear industry? And I mean, like in a way of like winding down, can you give us some parting words as a community? And um, yeah, for the young people in particular, if that um, uh, yeah, resonates well with you. Well, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I see nuclear, because when, when I talk, you hear me talk about nuclear science and technology. I, okay. I, I, I talk about nuclear generally. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes you can distinguish between the power and non-power, but yeah. we, we talk about it generally. But particularly if we want to narrow down to the power utilization of uh, nuclear resources, uh, I tell you, I see immense potential in the area of nuclear, particularly in addressing our socioeconomic challenges, because nuclear security, uh, energy security is an important component of development. And unfortunately, government has been trying different ways, different means, and we still do not have enough electricity. At least we still do not have stable electricity. I can tell you with the injection of nuclear, I see industrialization coming to, to be. Okay. And uh, I'm, I'm trusting that uh, if, if we're able to get it right and well, the, the injection of nuclear technology in the country is going to be a major game changer in terms mm. of economic development. Uh, too many things will happen. You will have energy that you will need, which will translate to a lot of other development, even to uh, the villages. Uh, because when you have uh, barbers now buying generating sets, they pay hugely to buy fuel, and then, of course, they will charge you more. Sometimes, 
I don't even it. have light now. I'm using my power storage, so nuclear might help me. <laughs> I'm sure when you have stable electricity, a lot of things will fall in in, mm. in place. Yeah, uh, and I I see nuclear contributing significantly to uh, stability of our uh, electricity. So I want to urge us all. Uh, not because we work in the sector, but because we see immense potentials, we see immense benefit to continue to promote the utilization of nuclear, both non-power and power, because it will help. It may not be, you said you want to see it in your lifetime. I'm older than you. I also want to see it in my lifetime. I want Good. to see Nigeria <laughs> generate electricity from nuclear within the shortest possible time. Uh, it's a simple but complex technology, but I know we have the expertise and we are still developing the expertise. The only advice I can give uh, is uh, while we continue to partner internationally, bilateral, multilateral, we should also begin to understand that we cannot over rely only on international cooperation to develop the human resource that is needed. Sure. We need to structure our, our the academia, the university systems, even the polytechnic systems in a way that we can develop the needed capa human capacity locally. Mm. Yeah. Through utilizing the experts that we've been able to now generate from different countries across the globe. Yeah. Most of them back into the country. So I can assure you if, if we utilize that, then we, we get a good number of universities mounting. Uh, undergraduate and even postgraduate nuclear science and technology programs. Uh, within the shortest time, we should have a reasonable amount of uh, human resource that would support uh, our nuclear power plant uh, uh, development aspiration as a country. Because whatever we do, if you still do not have enough human capacity, it's going to be a little difficult. I, I urge all of us to continue to engage government, continue to uh, project and place on the front the benefits that we really stand to to get uh, from the deployment of nuclear to power generation, uh, particularly again in the area of uh, addressing and mitigating uh, uh, climate change uh, issues uh, because of its uh, uh, posture as uh, a, a non-emitter of greenhouse uh, gases. I'm sure yep. a lot of uh, back to back. So, wow, you've given us quite a lot, and uh, it will take us ages to digest all the content you've given us. I mean, like, it is so rich, and um, in a way, like, you are like an icon to lots of people. Young people are looking up to you as a kind of um, a mentor and somebody who um, they want to be like, you know. And um, the largest population from the statistics of people who listen to the podcast, they are mostly young people and also um, people who are in schools and also those who are um, maybe early career professionals. So I would like to, because we all learn from people, uh, just in a way, before we attend to the question, I would like to know, like, um, are there any? Uh, do you have, do you have any role model in public service or in life in general you want to share with us? And are you also open to being a mentor for the young lads coming up in the nuclear industry? Uh, well, uh, thank you again. I 
Uh, as I've said uh, earlier, I'm happy to be part of this very young, uh, energetic uh, pool of, well, uh, young people growing in the nuclear industry uh, because uh, that's why we are where we are. Uh, for some of us, uh, it's a choice that we took to be part of this uh, industry. For some, it was a sheer providence, maybe work and uh, employment opportunities came and they grabbed. Uh, yeah. I, I tell you uh, a lot, particularly our seniors who have initial took the decision to be in this, uh, to follow this direction. And uh, we owe them a lot. And uh, I can assure you that the only way we can get them to be happy is to continue to play our individual roles, to continue to also be supportive in terms of mentoring others the same way they've mentored some of us uh, the same way we we'll also be willing and interested in mentoring those that are coming uh, behind us so i would gladly accept any opportunity given to engage the younger people to talk to them to get them to understand uh, our thoughts uh, and aspirations uh, within the industry Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I think uh, we've taken a lot of your time and I can sense you already. <laughs> we are all kind of um, well wetted with the time and we are very much, um, do I say, much more nuclearized than we were when we joined. So um, I will give it over to um, Neka. She has one question and then we take the question and answers from the audience. Please, I hope we can crave your indulgence for this, please. Thank you. Neka, take it from here. Thank you very much, Engineer Awal, for your time and for for sharing your knowledge with us. I want to ask, a, should I call it bias question? But it's coming from a place of concern. I understand you don't want to speak on behalf of your organization, so I am going to ask you personally. The nuclear industry is a male-dominated industry. Uh, what do you have for we, the women, especially the younger ones who are trying to find a food in this industry, considering we are, should I say, overwhelmed by the number of male we, we have? If you look at this call, you will see we are just uh, about three females here. That is a typical example of how it is. And I'm not saying we are choking, but... I believe if more space is made for us, it will be easier for us to do it. So personally, now, since you're not going to speak on behalf of Nayek, personally, what are you doing for us or what do you have for us or what can you offer to us? Uh, well, thank you uh, again. Um, gender inclusiveness uh, is an important element of activities at the IEA and other international bodies, uh, which cascade from the United Nations system. So Nigeria cannot uh, shy away from the fact that we need to promote the greater involvement of our uh, girl child, uh, the female uh, experts and uh, growing uh, professionals uh, in the nuclear fields. And uh, that's why we, as, as an individual, I believe support to STEM science. So I believe support to STEM science is uh, critical and very important. Uh, so, so, uh, support to STEM science is 
critical and of course very important so that our our ladies can also uh, uh, be involved in the uh, promotion of uh, nuclear science and technology now the IAEA and uh, the CTBTO that you mentioned earlier and a lot of other organizations uh, of course including the United Nations uh, entire system uh, has been advocating for gender inclusiveness that uh, opportunities should be given to everybody people should have a, a level playing ground to also be able to function be able to prove their work what they can do uh, there's no any sector that should be one gender dominated i don't want to talk about male dominated or female but one gender dominated everybody should have opportunity to work and that's why as part of the promotional activities of the IEA, if you look at it critically you see that there are a reasonable number of women directors now in the IEA, and this is deliberate i'm sure down here we've also seen in terms of selection of uh, participants at IEA events and programs that opportunities are giving more to female now than men or than male, uh, essentially because of that huge gap that we have where you have uh, more uh, male experts in the sector. So even locally, uh, we personally, I also look at it from that context. How can we encourage them? Uh, the way we can encourage them is to give them more opportunities so that uh, they can also be at par or at least be close to where their male uh, counterparts are in terms of contributing their own quota because the challenges are different. The role a woman will play in terms of, uh, or a lady will play, or a female expert will play, uh, usually will be different from the role uh, a male uh, expert will play. And of course, the position of woman uh, or, or female, it's uh, usually different. She has a lot of other responsibilities uh, to take care of the men, to take care of the children, to take care of the home. So she should actually be given uh, a more uh, more opportunity to prove her worth because there are actually a lot of experts uh, when you give them opportunity and you'll find out that they're actually uh, professionals. They can do their work diligently despite all the other challenges they may have. So uh, as an individual, even as a commission, I think we, we have looked at it and we are fully aware uh, of uh, this uh, concept uh, that ladies should have opportunity to also uh, play their role in the nuclear sector. It shouldn't in any way be uh, a male-dominated uh, sector. Okay. So, uh, I'm, okay. I'm just Thank you very much. You. Sorry, uh, before I even conclude uh, on that aspect, if, if you observe recently, I think about a year or two ago, we had, just like uh, Jerry mentioned earlier, uh, two uh, ladies that have been certified uh, reactor operators in uh, start. So it's it's, a, it's an effort of that organization, and I think it also uh, translates to a gender-inclusiveness uh, program of uh, uh, the Center for Energy Research and Training uh, uh, in Brazaria. So it's, it's a good effort and I think we are it's evolving and we're moving forward on that. All right. I'm sure that um, 
NECA has been satisfied with that answer. Yes, so very that. much. I am glad that <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Agenda. Okay, cool. Thank you so much, um, Engineer Awal. Uh, there is a question from an audience which I believe has been answered. So this podcast will be posted on the on any of your podcast uh, delivery platform after today. So you get to listen to it. And that question, uh, I think, has been answered <clears throat> in the course of the discussion. It's about, um, Anas was asking, how do domestic considerations influence Nigeria's approach to international cooperation in the nuclear domain? So I don't know if you want to add to that or just refer him to the recording, engineer. I think we have well. We have talked about uh, we have talked about that in a way. Uh, okay. we... All right. Okay. So I believe an um Alin Aliasa. Okay. Cool. Aliasa can um, uh, do justice by just going to um, listening uh, to the podcast when it is um, online. So I don't know if there is any question from the audience, so that we can just give you like one minute to unmute and yeah. Take it. I have a question. Um, please say your name and um okay. Good morning. My name morning. is Chibli. Okay. Please, sir. Uh, I'm aware that um, the IEA assisted Nigeria in finalizing the amended drafts of his atomic energy bill. I think that was in 2002. So I want to know the Outcome, whether it has gone to the Senate, whether we now have NEC law 1976 as amended, or it has not passed any stage at all. That's my question. Did, did you say yeah. 2000? In 2002, that was when the IEA assisted Nigeria in drafting the bill, the amended bill. <laughs> uh, 2002. Uh, I wasn't in Naek, unfortunately. If you say okay. 2002, I was not 2022. Sorry, sir. 2022. Sorry, sir. <laughs> so, I, I know we've done a lot of work in, in terms of uh, uh, the document you are talking about. Uh, I know it has gone through several stages, IE has looked at it. Uh, government, of course, Minister of Justice, a lot of other, uh, but the, the the actual position, uh, I'm sure if you formally write to uh, Nike, you should be able to. But I know it's in progress. Uh, I don't want to say we have uh, we have it signed now because I know we have not. It has not been signed. Uh, but I know there is a, a dedicated department that is handling that. So they know all the activities uh, happening. Uh, and I'm sure if you refer uh, your question to Jerry, who will ask, uh, who is a staff of NAEC, who can ask the relevant department to know, uh, because I cannot hold brief for, uh, and even from that department, it has to go to uh, the level of government to tell you exactly where it is. But I know it's, it's uh, progressing fine. So I don't I don't really have much to say uh, on that, unfortunately. Okay, sir. Yeah. Then my second question: yeah. I want to know if there are oversight functions between the 
Nigeria Atomic Energy Commission and the Nigerian Nuclear Safety. Nigerian Energy okay, so- Atomic Commission and NNRA, Nigeria Nuclear Authority. Yes, that yes. Was- okay. Mm-hmm. It all depends on what you mean by oversight. Um, the Nigeria Atomic Energy Commission. The role of Nigeria Atomic Energy Commission is uh, clearly cut out. The role of the Nigerian Nuclear Regulatory Authority, as the name implies, is clearly cut out. They regulate not only our activities, all the activities around especially where ionizing radiation is utilized, they regulate not only NIAC, even hospitals. Uh, so they, they, they are our regulators. They regulate what to do. They want to know exactly uh, what we are doing and to ensure that what we are doing is in conformity with uh, national uh, regulations and even international regulations that Nigeria is uh, a party to. So essentially, the, our, the NNRA is our, regulates uh, the activities of uh, uh, NIAC in terms of uh, deployment of nuclear science and technology. I don't know if okay, thank you. Thank you very much, um, Engineer Awal. I think we'll have to conclude at this point. On this note, I want to say a very big thank you to um, Engineer Awal for giving us such an insightful um, contribution on international con- um, cooperation at uh, Nigeria Atomic Energy Commission. On this note, I would like to say um, thank you all and um, hoping to see you some other time. I think I will have a session with the person he referred to in the legal department of Nigeria Atomic Energy Commission. So till then, let's all stay tuned and um, keep in touch. Uh, you can always uh, go to the AfriNuke podcast and uh, just make a Google uh, search on it and then it will give you access to all this content and this one also will be coming online. Uh, without further much ado, I will say thank you and have a great day ahead. Bye-bye.